And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. And I'm Vince, and I'm here with Stevie D, and I'm here with JB. Guys, we're going to go over some 2020 projections. We're going to talk about, you know, some black and blue divisions, definitely some some bitter feelings between these teams. You know, kind of figure out what's going to happen with these teams coming into the season. So, you know, just a lot to get into. And, and I'll get us started. This one was difficult, guys. This one is so difficult because I see so much parity and, and I see one player here, one player there changing the balance, right? We're looking at a, a Chicago Bears team that is once removed from being potentially a Super Bowl contender to being a laughing stock because of the play at quarterback. We're, we're looking at a Minnesota Vikings team that, you know, got rid of you know, arguably their best player on the team, maybe second best player, depending if you want to talk about Delvin Cook. But, you know, where where do they fit in here? Where You know, we're talking about a team with a perennial all-pro potential future Hall of Famer at quarterback where they decide we're not going to get you any weapons in the draft. And I, I'm sorry, I don't want to take anybody's thunder here. But we're not going to get any players for you, uh, difference makers in the draft. We're actually going to draft for the future, right? And then, then we have the Lions. The Lions are the Lions. So, you know, it, you really don't know where to go. And, and it, could it be an injury? Could it be uh, being sidelined because of COVID? Could it be, you know, whatever that really changes the balance of the NFC North? So uh, let, let's go ahead and get the North kicked off. And we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, here's the thing on the Vikings. I, they're a talented football team, right? I, I'm just not a believer in Kirk Cousins is the one that's going to deliver what the Vikings, so the Minnesota Vikings are searching for, right? So you still have your weapons. Yes, you lost Stephon Diggs. You got Thielen. You got Rudolph. You got Dalvin Cook arguably could be in that argument in the top three running backs, four running backs in the game today. Um, you still have a very good defense. Mike Zimmer knows what he's doing as a head coach. Um, they're solid. I don't know if they have enough to win the division, but they're going to be right there. I just – I don't know if I trust Kirk Cousins in a big-time game. Can he deliver that fourth-quarter comeback victory against a marquee team. I don't know that. And on the road. And I'll even throw that. Isn't this the guy with the sound clip? That's what I'm talking about? You know, Kirk Cousins reminds me of the quarterback, Gus Farad. You remember Gus Farad? Oh. Do you remember remember when... when, when, Yes, that's (laughs) like Kirk Cousins. Like, when I watch Kirk Cousins play, I want to hit my head up against the wall. I'm just... (laughs) He hits up the numbers, and it looks great, right? You, you go to you go to the website and you look year over year and you're like, dang, look at those numbers. And then you look at some of his records on the road and, and, and teams that are, are really good football teams. And you're like, mm, that record is not very good. So, again, I, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan guy uh, here, but they do have weapons. They're going to win, you know, 11 games or so, maybe more if people stay healthy. Um so that's kind of like my little outlook on the Minnesota Vikings. I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys and let you guys kind of beat it up a little bit. I like the Vikings. 
I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really do. I like the Vikings. Uh, I thought that, you know, they made the trade for – to trade um, Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. Now, you know, when that happened, that, that was long rumored that Diggs was, was available, right? That went all the way back to uh, the trade deadline of the 2019 season because as a Buffalo Bills fan, that was one of the trades that was out there and – you know, he was projected to go to Buffalo back then. Uh, when they made the trade uh, in the offseason and they had the second number one pick, the guy that I had slated prior to the trade going to Buffalo was Justin Jefferson. I, I thought that he was going to provide uh, the playmaking ability to be able to be that number one wide receiver like he was at LSU. And, you know, for them to replace Diggs with Jefferson, I think is a great move. And I think that it continues to allow, it will continue to allow Adam Thielen to be able to do the work that he does. And and Thielen, Thielen is a great, to me, he is a great wide receiver because he possesses both the ability to, to go deep and to take it to the house. But he also is a nice precision route runner uh, and able to adjust in route to be able to get to those open spots. I think that, you know, that combination and with Thielen and his ability to do those things is only going to serve to make that, uh, you know, that passing game kind of stay on track. Plus, you have Kyle Rudolph, right? You know, one of the top tight ends in the game. So I, I don't see a drop off there at all. Uh, and of course, Delvin Cook, Florida State Seminole, Delvin Cook. Uh, I, I think he's poised to continue to do great work. Obviously, right now with Delvin, every, everybody's talking about the contract, right? And, you know, Delvin has said, you know, I, I'm not holding out, which he's been in camp. Delvin has said, you know, I will let those things, you know, happen when they happen, which, which is the right attitude. Uh, he's going full, full speed. And, you know, you look at that offense and they have a chance to kind of continue, not not go and be derailed because you lost a superstar. Yeah, I like Delvin Cook a lot. I had him on my fantasy team last year. Um, he's just a real solid running back. Thielen's also tough. He's one of those guys that's not afraid to go across the middle, catch a ball and take a shot that's right. uh, and hold on to it, you know. Um and they've got, you know, like Stevie said, they've got a solid defense. So if they can play, you know, some bruiser football, you know, get Cook running, play some defense, let Thielen and Rudolph do their work over the middle, and then every now and then go deep. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Vikings a lot. I think they're, I think they're going to win the division. Uh, they're not going to run away with it though. Like you talked about earlier, Vince, this division's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, I think the Vikings have a good chance to take the division. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's go to Green Bay. Uh, All right. Uh oh, somebody sounds like they're chomping at the bit on this one. Yes, the Green Bay Packers. You know, I'm going to dedicate this to some my my neighbors back home, Freddie and Mikey and Stephen, that are big Packers fans. They bring in the newspaper in from uh, Wisconsin so they can get the news on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, on Sundays, their house is riddled with their cheese heads and their Green Bay blankets. So 
Uh, I'm kind of excited to talk about the Packers. And and Matt LaFleur from uh, the movie Dodgeball has made the his second year here leading the Packers. So just a little recap here. The Packers went 13-3 and last year with Matt LaFleur's first year as head coach. Um, I think the Green Bay Packers coming into 2020 – you know, there was a head scratcher there, Vince. You kind of you kind of talked about that in the opening of the NFC North. That kind of kind of left a taste in your mouth and kind of brought you back to 2005 all over again when when Brett wanted a playmaker and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Well, fast forward 15 years, Aaron Rodgers wants a playmaker, and they draft uh, Love, right? And so, um, I think the the players were like, wait a minute, we went 13 and three. We're, we're a player away here to making maybe a run out of the Super Bowl and getting to a Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, we didn't get that playmaker. So, you know, what's that effect going to have on the team? Obviously we're going to find out. Um, but when I, when I break down the roster and I break down the Packers, you know, last year on the LaFleur, the Packers are middle of the pack on offense, ranked 15th in the league. Um, their defense, it was solid last year. They improved a lot in 2019. Mike Pettin, third-year defensive coordinator there. It's really got the Green Bay Packers defense playing well. You have – they're very strong. To me, the Packers on defense are very strong up the middle with Kenny Clark. And then you got the – we call them the Smith Smith, Smith and Smith Company, um, the brothers at linebackers, uh, Zadarius Smith and, and Preston Smith. And then, I, I honestly, again, to keep that core up the middle, I do like their safeties in uh, Adrian uh, Amos and, and Darnell Savage at free safety. Uh, I do like them core up the middle. Um, offensively, obviously, we know they got Aaron Rodgers. They got Devontae Adams. Um, and then their secondary wide receivers is Devon uh, Funches and, and Alan Lazard. And then the stud, you know, I know we talked about Dalvin Cook before, but I really like the second Aaron on this team, Aaron Jones. He's a very versatile back. Uh, and I love what he can do there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Nathaniel Hackett as an offensive coordinator. I got to be honest. Maybe I'm poisoned as a Jet fan uh, because of his father, Paul Hackett, who was a terrible offensive coordinator. So when I look at the Packers at 15th in the league in offense in 2019, led by a Hackett, I'm just curious to see if um, if Hackett can really kind of energize and come up with new ways with Aaron Rodgers to get uh, get more yardage and more points on, on the board. Um, you know, the Packers didn't score 400 points last year, so that, that's kind of rarity for, for the Green Bay Packers. So we'll see. Um, again, defense is strong. I have them really at 12-4 and four at best um, is what I see, but really more probably like 11-5 and five and 12-4 and four at best is where, where I have the Green Bay Packers. So that's kind of like my breakdown. Um, I guess I really – I didn't talk about it. Their losses, they lost Berlaga there on the offensive line, and they let Tremont Williams go at corner. You know, Tremont Williams has been there a long time, so maybe that hurts them a little bit at, in the corner corner spot. But if he was – if they thought he had value, they would have brought him back. Um, but I believe he was 13, 14 years in the league. I think he's around 36 uh, years old. So um, time to move on from Tremont. Uh, and he's still a free agent today. So uh, I guess that, that's kind of like my, my quick and dirty on the Green Bay Packers. I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys. And if you guys want to discuss a little bit or I'll move on to the next team. You know, listening to you talk about about the, the Packers, I 
you know, my feelings, and I think we talked about this during the pre-show, I see a sharp decline for the Packers. Um, only because I think that the the clubhouse is poisoned now. Uh, and, and not because they selected Jordan Love, who I think is going to be a stud in the NFL. I, I do think that he's going to do big things and he's going to have a great career with the Green Bay Packers. But I think it's the fact that, A, you did not address the need of getting a playmaker for the for the team. And, and you failed to do that in free agency as well. Uh, you know, picking up a Devin Funches, you know, that, that doesn't really move the needle. Uh, and then you're going to have the bickering. You're going to have the decisions. You're going to have the questions that are happening in the locker room of guys saying that we were so close. And I think you hit on a lot of key points there. And I think when you add all that together, there's going to be a lot of dissension. And that dissension is going to turn into losses. And those losses are going to mount up. And next thing you know, you're going to be looking up saying what could have been. And now it's going to create even more friction. So um, not to mention, Stevie D, uh, you you know, we're, we're looking at a team that really is an aging team as well. So, you know, they, they really do need to uh, re-examine what the future is and how they're going to address the future. But the future isn't in 2020. Yeah, no, no. Again, I, I'm at 11 and 5. I thought I was I'm, – I'm generous at 11 and 5, 12 and 4 at best. 12 and 4 at best. I mean, not to stretch to get to 12 and 4. Dude, you're uh, just giving out wins. You're giving wins to everybody. Uh, well, you know, hey, not to the Tell- Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't give it to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, well, that's true. Uh, I was going to call so, you. You, you gave them two. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, if he can put aside uh, the drafting of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is is a tactician as a quarterback. He typically does not make that mistake that – the Brett Favre heartbreak that brought the Green Bay Packers a, a lot of times in, in, towards the playoffs, right? That gunslinger mentality. A- Aaron Rodgers, if anything, I think he can be the glue. I know it sounds kind of funny because he, because he may get, he may be the one that's really pissed about what happened, but at the end of the day, he went through this history, so maybe he's going to file use that as fuel to to rally around and, and and get the Packers to be better. I don't see such a steep decline like you're you're saying. Um but I, I they're not they're not 13 and 3. And they're not uh, they're just not 13 and 3. So Vince, do you see there's been a lot of a lot of bad press on the Packers drafting love and not getting a playmaker like we already talked about, but do they deserve some credit? for handling it like a business and saying, look, this is the guy we want for our future. We're going to get it. Right. And, and they, you know, maybe they feel like, look, we've got a roster right now that we can win with. So let's make sure that we get the guy we want and he can sit behind Rogers for two, three years, just like Rogers did with Favre. I mean, it worked out for him. Absolutely. Right. Totally great. Absolutely. Totally great. I mean, if you have a chance, I don't know in the history of the NFL where a franchise has gone three franchise quarterbacks in a row, right? I mean, I remember in the 80s. Well, you, I mean, you had Green, the 49ers, right? Well, 
Well, yeah. Did they have three? My, yeah, well, right, right. I, right. I don't know if I put Jeff Garcia in that mix after after <laughs> Steve Young, right? I but they, they he, was, he was successful. I let, let's say he he wasn't all pro, but he was successful. Yes, but I, I, if we're talking about what what love could be, you're talking about two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and now I'm not calling love a Hall of Fame quarterback, but if he becomes that stud, I mean, that's like, you know. That that's that's a run, and and Steve Young's run in the 49ers wasn't very long because he was much older by the time he got the reins. We're talking about from 1992. Sure, and we're in 2020. I mean, we're talking about 28 years right now of, and that's ongoing, right? It could be 30 years by the time we're done, by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves, of stud quarterback play, and then you're you're passing that baton to another quarterback that possibly can give you 12 to to, to 15 years. I mean, that's to me unprecedented that I've ever I've heard of or seen in, in the NFL. That's why I agree with JB there. Uh, if that's the guy that you truly believe is going to be the guy, like you bet the farm on Aaron Rodgers and it worked out, man, that, that's a heck of a move. And I, I agree with you. If you think you have the, the guys in the locker room to win, go get them. So I agree. Yeah, the big I, question, the big question there is going to be, what is love? It's like the old night at the Roxbury song. What is love? Oh, Baby, boy. don't hurt me. You, you, you know, and I was I, just I had the head nod going there too, Vince. You just didn't see it. I, I, I have to give a shout out. So the other day when we were scheduled to do our normal recording, uh, I found myself on the IR uh, because I had to have a little dental work done. And Dr. Frank and Christine, they were great. I mean, they they were the best of business. Yeah, I hate going to the dentist. Absolutely hate it. Hate it. But uh, I went in there, and lo and behold, we started talking about official word sports podcasts and started talking a little football. And they're Packer fans, both of them, the assistant Christine and Dr. Frank. And so I'm laying down there with these things all jammed in my mouth, and – Guys, I that that's a special skill. They they have to teach that in med school, especially for dentistry, how to communicate with a patient when you have stuff jammed in their in their mouth with, you know, saliva building up and everything else. And I'm like, ah, and they understood every word I was saying. Right? They're Packer fans, and you know, it just it was very interesting because you know, diehard Brett Favre fans. Not as much of the Aaron Rodgers fan, right? And and just listening to that. And as they were going back and forth, we didn't get into uh, a debate on Jordan Love as much, but I get the sense. And I, I think you're, you're going to find this with the folks uh, that are Packer fans and the, the folks that are in Green Bay, that they're going to be more accepting of the transition away from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love than they were of the transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Even after Rodgers gave them a Super Bowl, he's still not held in the same regard. And I'm wondering if that same sentiment that the fans have is the same thing that's running around through that locker room. Because you're talking about this egotistical, maniacal quarterback that's over there that people are just like, you know, your time is just about up. And it's time for Jordan Love to, to take the reins. I don't know. We'll see. Again, shout out to Dr. Frank and Christine. Thank you so much for, for doing what you did. You, you made it uh, as comfortable as possible. And 
now I'm able to talk probably too much. So, guys, all right, that's the pack attack. Now it's time to talk about those Chicago Bears. Oh, boy. Ah, where do you want to start with the Chicago Bears? <laughs> I mean, you got to start at the quarterback. Right? I thought you were going to start with Khalil Mack. Well, if you want to start with the good, I like to get the negative out of the way first. <laughs> Just rip off the Band-Aid. But, <laughs> I mean, you got to start with the quarterback. Um, they clearly don't trust Trubisky. Hold on, JB. This this conversation here about the Bears quarterback, Stevie D, we, we could go take a nap because this is going to be a long one. Oh, I was going to take a nap just because we we're talking about the Chicago Bears. Oh, my bad. Oh, good boys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Another rim shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their quarterback situation, um, you know, they, they declined the fifth year option on Trubisky. They clearly don't trust the guy. Uh, they went out and got Nick Foles. Uh, Nagy's saying that Trubisky's the starter. We'll see how short that that leash is. Um, they can win some games if they get good quarterback play. They've got a, a great defense. You know, everybody knows about the defense. You already mentioned Khalil Mack. Uh, they've got Fuller, Eddie Jackson. They went out and picked up Robert Quinn, who's, you know, he's aging, but he's still 11 and a half sacks last year. He can still play. Uh, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, their, their defense is solid. They did lose Prince Amakamara. They're going to have to, you know, find a way to replace him. But they just need good quarterback play. Uh, Robinson out there uh, at wideout along with Miller. Uh, they picked up Jimmy Graham, probably overpaid for him, but they needed a good tight end. And the David Montgomery kid out of Iowa State, uh, he could be special. Uh, they just need a quarterback to play. Uh, if they have a, sh- a short leash on Trubisky and they pull Foles in, Foles is capable of being a game manager. I know we hate that term. But he's proven he can win games with a solid team around him. This is a solid team. We can't forget that they were last year, beginning of the year, many experts' picks to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, they just didn't get any play from their quarterback, guys. Uh, so that's their whole season boils down to that. Uh, and, and it's funny as I'm reading about the Bears, one of their big questions coming into the season is can Eddie Pinero make kicks? One of your big questions is your kicker. <laughs> your outlook for your season is going to not going to be that great to me. If you're worried about your kicker making kicks, that means you're not getting into the end zone. So I don't know, guys. I, this one can go either way. It can go either way. If Trubisky turns it around and plays like they expected him to play, they can make a run for the division. I've got him at like seven and nine. Well, you, you, you're putting a lot into Trubisky. I, I, I'm surprised Trubisky is still QB1 after the second week of training camp. I, I have no – I first of all, I don't know why they traded up to get Trubisky. Dumb trade. I don't know why they have so much faith in him. He he didn't prove it at the collegiate level. Yeah, he, he improved from his first year to his second year, but completely regressed in his third year to the point where now, you know, you're going off and, and signing Nick Foles, which I thought was a bad move. Uh, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was the perfect fit and they, they went after Nick Foles. And I think they did that to not upset the, the, the apple cart that you had there in, in Chicago. It should have been, it should have been Teddy Bridgewater as the free agent leaving the saints. 
And then you would have said, you know what, this team can actually do something in this NFC North, but I think they failed. Yeah. Trubisky's always going to be the guy that was drafted over Mahomes and Watson. He's going to be, so as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, he's our Todd Blackledge. You know, the Chiefs drafted Blackledge back in the 80s. 83 draft. Yeah, they could have had Jim Kelly. They could have had Dan Marino. They chose Blackledge. (laughs) Right? That's that's what Trubisky's going to be forever uh, until he proves otherwise. Ken O'Brien was gone at that point. He went, he he went, he went uh, 24th. But here, here's my take on it. You know, you mentioned Bridgewater who went to Carolina at about what, 20 to $23 million a year. I, I really believe that Nick Foles is there because Nagy has history with Nick Foles and knows his strengths and weaknesses already. And so he's, he's coached him with the Eagles and, and so he knows him, and he looked like, look, if Trubisky falters in any which way, I can plug Foles in. He can run my offense because the offense is similar to, to Doug Peterson's offense, and, and off they go. Um, you know, JB, you made points about the defense. The defense is still solid there. If they can get play out of either quarterback, right, because they got nothing last year. If you can get something that's in the positive, that may just energize the whole team, and maybe they're they're better than seven and nine. And I hope so because I like Matt Nagy, um, and and I for his sake I hope they they turn it around. I just don't see the Bears as a ten plus win team. Getting the ten ones is, is such a stretch um, because I don't know what they're going to get out of the quarterback play. But if they do get positive quarterback play, maybe it energizes the whole team. And I'm trying here, Chicago. I'm trying to give you an outlook here um, that that's somewhat fra- favorable. Um, but it all goes back to JB's points. I, we just don't know out of that quarterback position. I mean, you got you got Tariq Cohen. He's a, he's a nice little weapon. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know if JB who who's the starting running back there. David uh, Montgomery. Thank you, thank you. Um, I like David Montgomery. Um, and I like Tyreek Hill as the third down versatile back option to, to be the safety valve, if you will, uh, for for the quarterback position. You mean Terry Cohen? Terry Cohen. What did I say? Terry Hill. See, I yeah. got the I got the the Chiefs on the brain, I guess, huh? Hey. Um. So eh, I don't yeah, know, I, Chicago. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't I just don't see that repeat of two years ago where you were really a threat to make that Super Bowl run. You know, if your kicker makes the kick, you move on. Your kicker didn't make it. I just don't see you're being that close again this year. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, little fantasy tip. I'm pretty high on David Montgomery um, because no matter which direction they go at quarterback, I think Nagy's going to have to lean on that running game. You got to take some pressure off Trubisky if he's your guy. And if Foles is your guy, he's not going to sling it all over the field. You're going to have to run the ball. Uh, and I look when they had to, Montgomery. right, and, and you think about the success a couple of years ago when they had Jordan Howard, yep. right, and Cohen. You know those guys back to back took a lot of pressure off Trubisky, right? And, and, and Trubisky, numbers wise, with a little bit of that dink and dunk passing game, his numbers didn't look too bad two years ago. You had that stud defense, and if you had a field goal kicker, you know. Who knows what could have been for the Bears two years ago? So I, yep. it's a great point about Montgomery and, and leveraging that running game because maybe they can find that same formula they had a few years ago with, with Jordan Howard and, and Cohen, Terry Cohen. 
Stevie D, JB, it is now time to talk about the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yes, the Detroit Lions, led by Matt Patricia. There's not a lot of good things to say when you, oh, when you think, come on. When you think about the Lions. There just really is not until you look at the potential that they have. The Lions are just like the Cleveland Browns. They cannot put it together, right? I, I, have, I have a good friend who's a Lions fan, and he wants to blame the referees. It's not the referees. I think the Lions may have a jinx that's going on there. Hey, maybe just like you had the GOAT with the Cubs, maybe they need to find out exactly what's going on up there because something is happening. Because when you look at this roster, you have a quarterback – who, you know, in every single columnist, every reporter that wants to talk about, you know, top quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford's name comes up. He's a big arm guy. Can't stay healthy, but he's a big arm guy. He can make all the throws. He has top wide receivers. He's got Kenny Galladay. He's got Marvin Jones. They even picked up, you know, not that he's great, but he he's serviceable in Danny Amendola. They had a poor running game, and then they drafted this kid. You know, and Kieran Johnson, you know, he, he was okay, but they drafted the kid out of Georgia who is a flat-out stud in DeAndre Swift. They got TJ Hawkinson, who I desperately wanted my Buffalo Bills to draft. Uh, Hawkinson is a, is a great tight end, can stretch the field. He's just like any of the other new-age tight ends that are out there. Can catch, can run, you know, coming off of like that basketball-type background. So he knows how to control his body in the air, knows how to box out defenders, decent in, in run blocking. So you, you're looking at a team that has potential weapons all over the place offensively. Defensively, you know, they're okay, right? They're, they're okay. Again, not really moving anything. You got Danny Shelton up front. You got Trey Flowers and Jamie Collins. And, of course, the legend of Reg, Reggie Ragland which, you know, for both Buffalo and Kansas City, you know, that's a name that rings true. Buffalo ended up trading him uh, to Kansas City when we drafted him out of Alabama. Never really materialized to what we thought he was going to be, just like every typical Alabama defensive player for the most part, right? They come in and, they, and they're kind of a bust, but he's been serviceable. And they have Desmond Trufant out there. So they, they have pieces on the defense. They have definite pieces on the offense. The question is, are they able to put it all together? And I don't see it. I don't care how many pencils Matt Patricia has stuck up on behind his ear. I, I don't care what's going on there. I don't care the fact that his lineage comes off of the Bill Belichick tree. It doesn't always translate when you become the head coach. We saw the failures, uh, it, consistent failures right, of any of the coaches that leave for the most part. I think Brian Flores is going to be a little different down in Miami, but, you know, whether you want to talk about Cornell or you want to talk about Weiss or whoever it is, right, and, and I think Patricia's in the same boat. I, you know, and, and it doesn't matter who he has around him as far as his coordinators. You know, Daryl Bevel, one of the, the top coordinators that was coming off uh, a couple years ago, you know, you have Paul Pasqualani, uh, you know, former Syracuse, former Syracuse head coach. They kind of drove the the Orangemen in, into the ground. But uh, I, I just don't see anything positive for the Lions. That I think they're jinxed. Uh, 
you can have all the weapons, you can have all of the talent, but at the end of the day, are you able to turn all of that talent into wins? And I don't see it for the Lions. And, you know, I don't know what the jinx Maybe it's Matt Millen. Maybe that's the jinx, right? Whenever you decide that you're going to draft wide receiver in the first round with top picks, top 10 picks in the first round, year after year after year after year until you finally get it right, you know, may, maybe that was it. Maybe maybe this is payback because something is something is not right there. And you know, we talked about a little bit about Matt Nagy being on the hot seat. Well, Matt Patricia is definitely going to be on the hot seat as well. So you could have two coaches being relieved of duties in that NFC North. Well, I definitely I think, think Patricia's on the hot seat. I, yeah. I think they already came out and said that one. Um, and, and they, they expect more, and they should expect more. That roster is not a bottom feeder roster, in my view. You know, I don't look at it as, as the you know top five worst rosters in the NFL. I think there's talent there, and you know, honestly, Matt Stafford, come on and earn your money, right? Make your players better around you. Um, and and again, to your point, from bad calls from a referee, whether you want to believe it or not, things happen in the NFL. Don't. The Saints are saying, hey, don't forget about us. It cost us a Super Bowl, right? What did it cost you, week three, week four, right? So let, let's get over that. Because uh, at the end of the day, except for if you're a Saints fan, typically the calls kind of even out during that throughout the course of the season, more of averages, right? Um, sometimes fans don't see it that way. But if you're objective, you know, they, they typically even out. So I'm not even going to go that route, but – I think Stafford needs to step up his game and, and, and earn that money that he's getting paid and, and make the players better around them for them to have a chance. Um, so again, you're putting I, it on Stafford. I am, absolutely. When, you, when you're the quarterback and you're making the money, you want to be the man? Well, you know what? you got to step up and, act, and act, at that, act that way. You know, Tom Brady there up in New England there for a few years didn't have the greatest of weapons around him, but you know what? He got his offensive line to play better. And, and he got the ball to those wide receivers, and, and he got them making some plays. So I, I think, Stafford, you've been in the league long enough now. He's made a fortune in this league. Why don't I you step up your leadership? Fan. No, but, you know, you're trying to be honest and objective, right? I mean, we've talked about it so many times through the years. Yes, Brady had playmakers at times, and times he didn't. And they always seemed to, 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 to be there at the end of the year. I'm just saying for Stafford, he's never done that. Now, I'm not in a, in a, uh, a Lions fan where I can say I know everything about Matthew Stafford. So some of this is coming – obviously, a lot of this is coming from the outside. And if you're truly a leader, I just haven't seen – I haven't seen him with the amount of money the Lions have paid him where he has stepped up and made the Lions organization better. just haven't seen it. I think you're a little harsh on, on Stafford because I think when Stafford has been able to play, he's made some of the throws, but it's not all on him. Right. It, it, that that was our big debate on one of our previous podcasts. Right. The quarterback, because it is a team sport, because there are 11 guys on one side, and 11 guys on the other. I could do everything in my power. But if that defense fails to hold the lead, if that defense is causing things to go awry, I, I, I can try to rally my troops, but it doesn't always work. And that's not always the quarterback. That, that's why I'm not giving the love to Tom Brady. If I'm going to give any love, I give it to Bill Belichick. And no, so but, then but, if I'm, if I'm but, going to go against anything, I'm going against Matt Patricia. 
But I, I'm not talking about the the defensive side of the ball. I'm just talking about what are you doing to raise your play and and your 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 offensive lineman's play and your running back and your wide receivers. Where where are you there? You know, so many quarterbacks get these garbage statistics in the fourth quarter because you're getting blown out. Where were you the first three quarters of the game when it really mattered? And and then all of a sudden you you have these Hall of Fame fourth quarters when you, when your team is down 25 points. And I, I just look at Stafford. To me. He's an overrated quarterback that's been overpaid because his team has never won, has never done anything. And that, that's that, how I that look at Stafford. Hard, right? Yeah, it is hard. You know, but you know what? You take we, the credit and you get paid, right? You're getting paid, right? You're, get, you're, you're getting paid the most money on that team. So, yes, and it should be def- right at him, right at him with the money he's making. I'm sorry, any player that, that you're going to be the man and you want to be paid, Okay, then act like it and get your uh, get your teammates in line, and let's go win some games, right? Make them better. I just don't see it. What do you think, JB? I agree. He's, I mean, he's zero and three in the playoffs, so he has been good enough to get them to the playoffs three times, but he hasn't won a playoff game. Um, he's in like the top ten in history in comeback fourth quarter wins, which kind of goes to your point, Steve. Where were you in the first three quarters? Why are you having to come back in the fourth quarter so much? Uh, and, and again, he's got to stay on the field. You know, it's it's great if you have a huge arm and you're a great quarterback, but if you're not on the field, you're not helping your team. I I, I have to completely take the other side of that. I'm not I'm not a Stafford fan. Don't, don't get me wrong when I say this. I'm not a Stafford fan, but I'm looking at a guy who is consistently throwing for 4,500 yards. I'm looking at a guy that's throwing to subpar wide receivers for the most part. Uh, I'm looking at a guy who, yes, he needs to stay healthy, but a guy who can't carry the load of a 53-man roster on his shoulders. And it comes from other factors, right? It comes from the coaching. It comes from the general manager. It comes from all the players around you. You know, the the comeback, and a lot of these stats are so skewed, uh, and – they're skewed because there's other factors outside of that signal caller. Yes. That signal caller takes the blame and also takes the credit. But if you want to be honest, if you, if you want to look at it in, in depth, it goes beyond him. It goes to what's happening on the other side of the ball. Why, why are they in a deficit? Why didn't the defense hold the other team to a reasonable amount of points where maybe you don't have to come back? Right. And, and that's such a flawed stat. Uh, and, and no disrespect to you on that, JB. That's such a flawed stat. I hate that comeback victory type stuff because or fourth quarter victory type stuff because they, they use that. And if I get if I get a point, if I get take the lead early in the fourth quarter and then my defense gives it up late, then all of a sudden, you know, that's against me. I didn't have a comeback victory. Right. Uh, you know, I could drive you down with two minutes to go, and then they say I left too much time. Well, what do you mean I left too much time? Right? I did what I was supposed to do to get us in the end zone to get the lead, and now the other team goes back because my defense is inept in being able to cover, or my defensive coordinator is inept because he's going to say we're going to play prevent since we have the lead, and we know what the prevent defense does for you, right? It prevents you from winning. That's not on the quarterback. I would like to see him stay healthy. And, you know, how to stay healthy, that, that's a great question, right? Is that just his DNA where he's brittle? Could be. 
Is it the fact that they, you know, in his mind, in the way that they're game planning, is instead of getting the ball out quicker, they're asking him to take deeper reads? I, I think there's more factors that go into the success and to, to put all of that on his shoulders, I, I can't go with it. But I still think they're jinxed. At the end of the day, I still think they're jinxed because they have enough talent to do something out there. Yeah, they're they're at the bottom of the division for me this year. <laughs> oh, oh, without I a mean, doubt. Without a doubt. Yet again. Yeah, I think we're all, all in agreement there. So, so let's set this up, guys. So if we're going to rate the black and blue of the NFC, the NFC North, who do we have coming in number one? Uh, I think it's the Minnesota Vikings, like the song says. All right. So we got yeah. Minnesota, everybody in agreement, Green Bay number two, or, you know, potentially does Chicago go to two? No, nah, I can't. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, they, you're talking about Trubisky slash Foles versus Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. It's absolutely. You got to go Rodgers, guys. I mean, absolutely. So then we basically, the way we have for official word sports, we have. Minnesota one, Green Bay two, Chicago three, and the Detroit Lions coming in number four, which added to it a little, little side bet there that Matt Nagy will be looking for work and Matt Patricia wow. will be looking for work. No, I don't think Mag- Nagy's looking for work. I, I don't I think yeah. Patricia. Patricia will. I don't think Nagy will. Nagy, Nagy inherited um, Mitch Trubisky, so uh, I don't know if he would be fired. So, guys, that is going to wrap up this show. Um, It was a good one. We're not going to have the official Word Sports Trivia Challenge this week uh, because Jay decided, probably licking his wounds for the the last couple trivia challenges, maybe he's doing a little studying of the Wikipedia of sports. Uh, Maybe he's going to give a call to his boy Carson Wentz and see if Carson can, you know, help him. Maybe those two can kind of commiserate, right? He's telling Carson, Hey Carson, I got you as the number one quarterback in the NFL. And I have you over Pat Mahomes and Carson's like, thanks Jay. I really appreciate it. Maybe they're having that kind of conversation, (laughs) you know, but you know, at the end of the day, we'll see. It's so, it's so funny guys. We had uh, Jay had put out that post, and he put Carson Wentz up there, and everybody just went berserk. They're like, "Are you nuts?" <laughs> and I think we said the same thing. But I got to give him credit. I got to give my boy credit because it doesn't matter what anybody says; he is absolutely ride or die for his Eagles and for Carson Wentz. So I I got to give him props there. You know, some other people may may have kind of said. Yeah, you know, maybe I was a little wrong. Nope. He's looking for articles. He doesn't care who says it. He's like, hey, look, this guy thinks Carson Wentz is great. So, Jay, props to you for that one. Sticking to his guns. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Uh, Of course, you can check us out at the website, officialwordsports.com. You can hit us up uh, on our Facebook page, Official Word Sports. Hit us up on Twitter at Real OW Sports. And of course, you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform. We're out there everywhere. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Slacker, Spotify, and, and of course, Anchor. Uh, but you, you can check us out. And we made our debut on YouTube. So you can check us out, do a search for Official Word Sports, and you can check us out on YouTube. 
And so that's going to wrap it up. And for Stevie D, JB, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.